0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family, burkreviews.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke and with me this week is Corey Starr.
1: Hello, hello.
0: And this week's episode of Movie Club, it's our last um, episode for October. So it's our last horror movie, at least guaranteed horror movie. I mean, we could always watch horror movies outside of October. It is is—it is an option, even though I tend to uh, not do that quite as often. Um, but we'll be reviewing Eraserhead um, from David Lynch. Uh, For the main bulk of this episode, but before we get to that, we're going to look at what's coming out on Blu-ray on uh, October 31st, Halloween, and then what's coming to theaters on November 3rd, and I got to say, it's slim pickings, but before we get to that, how's your week been, Corey? (laughs) Busy. I can relate. We had to give the PSAT to our students today, and there is nothing more boring than test proctoring, because you can't do anything. Um, Oh, because you have to watch those little devils. Well, and they do. uh, Granted, there might be a kid out there who tries to cheat on a standardized test, but for the most part, you're watching them and they know you're watching them and nothing ever happens. So it's literally three hours of just standing and waiting and watching the clock. And you're like, is it time yet? No. Is it time yet? No. It's been five minutes. No. no, That's exactly how it feels. (laughs) It's, It's like it has been less. Then a few minutes, um, since the last time you looked at the watch, stop looking at the watch. Um But, you know, it, it's not bad or anything. It's it's definitely, there's way worse ways to spend your day. Um, but it is like when you have a billion things you need to do, like you need to grade stuff and you need to plan stuff, and um, I have other stuff for the website I want to work on, I'm you know, all sorts of things I could be doing, and I can't do any of them because it violates all sorts of testing regulations. So you just have to stand there. And wait, and it is it is tedious. Um, Again, not hard. There's definitely worse stuff you could be doing, but it is tedious. And especially when you kind, I'm I'm not diagnosed with ADD, but I do feel like my attention bounces a lot. And when it can't bounce, it it makes me think way too much. And yeah, it was it was a long day today, even though it was a short day because we got out early because of testing. It felt like a long day, but then I had to come home and um, I did get. A really awesome uh, movie theater style recliner in my uh, my man room, my man cave, whatever you want to call it, um, which is where I'm sitting right now recording the podcast, which makes recording the podcast all the more delightful because it has a little tray for the laptop to sit on and I have my whole setup. Yes. This feels very perfect. Uh, it, it was already pretty great. It's even better. Um, that is do a, my Christmas You have a
1: Do you have a beverage in your cup holder?
0: Oh yes, I have a uh, yes. bottle of water in my cup holder, um, and I have another. I have two cup holders, but I'm only using one right now. Oh, but, yeah. Each arm has a cup holder, and then the uh, if you the... get a
1: s- small enough snack, like if you get those like single serving of goldfish or something, in Ooh, the cups fit yep. right there.
0: That is a valid point. There's they also the arms have storage, so like I have my uh, my Xbox headset in my. Uh, left arm and my right arm has two usb cables and two power plugs um to charge devices and such so yeah it, it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome it's my christmas present for my wife and i am very it's very early but i'm very excited to have it um it's a it's a nice change of pace uh gaming has never felt so fun and podcasting has never been more comfortable so <laughs> we'll take it yeah um but so I had to, I had to get everything ready though cuz this was delivered today. So I had to move uh the the we had a futon in here before I had to move that into my daughter's room. Um we also got a new box spring for our mattress. I had to get the old one out cuz they were taking that. Um and it was just it was getting everything ready and then like I was anticipating them being there at 4, which I don't know why. I've had things delivered before and when they say after 4, they don't mean 4:01. You know, it's like when we get there after 4, <clears> which it was like five thirty, but I was, you know, my in my head, I was like a dog sitting at the door at four o'clock. Like, are they here? Are they here yet? Are they here now? Can we? Uh, so uh, it it was again, fine day, but long. Um, what's been going on with you?
1: Um, I went to see Silver Sun Pickups last night with minus a bear.
0: Oh, I haven't heard from them in a long time.
1: I know they um, haven't released an album. I think it's been at least two or three years. Um, we're hoping for another one soon. Uh, This is my second time seeing them this year because they opened for Third Eye Blind when I was in Detroit. And it was my fourth time seeing them all together. Um, And then, yeah, I just have a busy week. But it's all fun stuff. But in Idaho, everything happens at once. They are preparing for uh, winter when we will have no events.
0: Ah. Yeah. um, We are are actually in the midst of a cold front. Uh, It's supposed to get into the 50s this evening. What? Yeah, I'm excited. It's very early for that though, which is not usually a good sign because that means it's like hot for the the actual time it's supposed to be cold. But um <laughs> I do like I do like it when it gets about in the 50s. It's it's kind of my wheelhouse. You know, I get to wear jeans and be comfortable in them. So and
1: sweaters and oversized sweatshirts and yes.
0: Yep. Yeah, hoodies are my favorite, but I can't wear them most of the time. So um but uh, have you watched any movies recently aside from uh, Eraserhead? No. Ah, well, I have seen a few since our last podcast. Um, I've, I rewatched the Evil Dead trilogy. Yes. Which I, I wrote uh, my my editorial. I posted today uh, argues why I think Evil Dead is the best one of the three. I love all three, so don't don't none of them are insulted. But I just the. Uh, I feel like Evil Dead is not taken seriously as a horror film, and I think it's an excellent what? Horror film. What? Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's beloved, but I just feel like people think of it as a comedy too, and it's not. It, it is a straight horror film.
1: And you are talking about the very first one,
0: correct? Not the remake from whatever 2008 or whatever. Uh, oh year. no.
1: Because the second one is Evil Dead 2, right? Yes. So I just want to make sure you're talking about the first one in the trilogy. Correct. I love that movie, and I think that there are definitely some really creepy parts in it. Mm-hmm. Like when she's stuck in the floor in the basement, and yeah. ooh, I, people are wrong.
0: Uh, agreed. Um, I watched Personal Shopper, the uh, Kristen Stewart <gasps> film. Um, I really liked that a lot. It's definitely a thinker.
1: Did you, did you see that it's already getting Criterion?
0: Yeah, I came out on Criterion. Uh, I oh! Did. It's, it didn't even
1: like go to regular version.
0: No, and this is that's apparently a thing. Remember we encountered that with uh with lore and oh, something yeah. else. Um so yeah, apparently Criterion films are not just classics anymore, which I don't know if that's I, I'm honestly I don't know if that's uh a new thing or an old thing. It may have they may have always released new new stuff that maybe isn't getting picked up anywhere else or is considered like an instant classic, um, which is of course a weird statement, but um I uh I have to redo that one. I also watched a few uh, documentaries, and um, I just finished watching The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, which is a German oh. Expressionist film from um, the 20s, and a silent film at that. Um, it's together with Nosferatu on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's the... it was. I enjoyed it way more than I enjoyed Nosferatu last year, um, but I don't know if it was a good cut or not. I hope it was, but um, it seemed good. It seemed you know like what i would have expected so um yeah i've watched a bit i have not been to the theater though uh for 2 weeks i did not make it wow. to see the snowman yeah it, it's uh I, well technically i went today to my regals theater and had them i bought a ticket for uh boo to Medea's halloween or whatever um with my movie pass and uh just so i could get the digital copies for um Hitman's Bodyguard, American Assassin, and Jigsaw. When I see that later this week, um, it's the only reason I bought a ticket. I did not go watch the movie, but I did technically go to the theater on my way home today and bought a ticket real fast. And I was like, mm, "I'm good." Um, but no offense to the Medea fans out there. I just I've never enjoyed the Medea character. Um, I don't find it funny. I don't understand exactly why people do, but everyone has their own, you know, taste. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you have nothing to add to the movie conversation, so let's see what's coming out on Halloween on October 31st, 2017, to home video, which is VOD, Blu-ray, or DVD, and there's only one. Do you have any guesses? I will tell you it was a summer flop.
1: Oh, no. Uh, I can't guess.
0: It's based on a Stephen King novel, and it doesn't feature a clown.
1: Yeah. Oh, Dark Tower?
0: The Dark Tower is coming home. Um, I will say, while the movie is not good, um, it has a 34 Metacritic, uh, and it it deserves that. Um, Unfortunately, because Idris Elba is so good in it, and his character, Roland, who is the gunslinger, is so interesting and so cool on screen that it is a travesty that it's in this film, because the character still is awesome. So... I do recommend checking out this movie. Uh, Just know that you won't love it, but you'll think Idris Elba is an amazing action star and deserves a better film to showcase how great he really is because he's great just inside a really bad movie.
1: That's kind of disappointing because I really like Matthew McConaughey too.
0: I normally do. I I think McConaughey's performance is not good in this movie. Um, It may be the writing, or it may be that he knew it was a bad movie but wanted the paycheck. I have no idea, but it was not his best performance by any means. Um, the kid in it who is technically billed as the lead, I think, is Tom Taylor. He's fine. He's not anything he, – he honestly shouldn't be in the movie to me. Like He's he's not the character that – one, my understanding of the book is based around Roland, all, all seven books. And while the kid, Jake, shows up in the book – He's not the main character. He's like an ancillary character that just pushes the gunslinger to one ma- mission or one path. Um, and again, I've not read the books, but that's my understanding. It's just it's such an unfortunate thing because the movie could have been great. I think uh, the books sound really awesome. I haven't read them, but I, what well, I've heard people,
1: people love them. My brother read all of them.
0: Yeah. And they span they like out. 20 years. Um, they started in the 80s. <laughs> And there's, like, a 15-year gap or something between, like, book four to book six. Or book five, I'm sorry. Math. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I I looked into it because I want to read them, but to, to read them all, it's a, it's an investment. You got to drop at least, you know, if you're maybe lucky to find them for seven bucks, you got to drop seven, you know, $49. Is that math? John,
1: you're a teacher. Support libraries, man.
0: Hmm. Hey, I just bought it. Thank you very much. I'm going to be, uh attempting to read that thousand page book, so I'm probably good for a year or Dang. two. Um but <clears throat> yes, uh that leads us because it's the only thing coming out, so our recommendation I guess is to maybe check that out. Not see that one. I mean rent something that's old first. Idris Elba's really so. good though. So if you like him or okay. if you like an interesting character inside a bad movie, there you go. Um okay. although Personal Shopper is out to uh you probably can't rent it on blu-ray or dvd because it's released on criterion so your best bet's going to be vod um it is oh, available I didn't on think about that. yeah it's, it is available on voodoo and um uh itunes and uh amazon and all that so rec- i do recommend personal shopper if you haven't seen that or if you haven't heard of it um technically it is a horror film although it's more drama um there's definitely horror elements inside of it that are pretty awesome actually so um that leads us to our theatrical release on November 3rd and it's there's only one. And that's unusual, but it kind of makes sense because no one wants to compete with Thor Ragnarok coming to theaters near you directed by Taika Waititi uh who I am a huge fan of uh starring Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett as uh the villain in this movie, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I love her. We get Idris Elba again, uh Jeff Goldblum who's always fun, Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban. I did not know Carl Urban was in this. Awesome. Um, Anthony Hopkins, Benedict Cumberbatch is apparently making an appearance um, as Doctor Strange, which I knew because of the uh, teaser at the end of Doctor Strange. Oh, look at that. Taika, Taika Waititi brought in the uh, Rachel House, who you would recall from, um, I believe she is the cop in um, Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, the main police officer. The main yeah, lady. Yeah. Okay. He brings uh, her his actors with him, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah so I'm super excited Ray Stevenson's in this man oh yeah I guess he's one of those guys Uh, the um, Thor's people not good with names of the extra characters but uh, that's interesting oh oh oh, man I kind of wish I hadn't looked at all the cast I just found out I'm sure it's probably not a spoiler but you know one of those easter eggs you wish you wouldn't know about going in oh well I won't say it out loud um thor's already got 17 critic reviews on metacritic and it's sitting at a 74 um it's a little long it's running two hours and 10 minutes but uh everything i've heard is it's supposed to be super funny and that's what i was hoping for with taika watiti um you know we get the hulk in in uh in there we have a little bit of planet hulk built into the story i'm excited about it um you know i've loved everything i've seen from taika watiti so far and i i can't wait uh what about you
1: have other movies I'd rather see first, but I do like him a lot as a director
0: whoa, whoa whoa whoa, what other movies <laughs>
1: I don't know. I also haven't been to the movies in a while, <laughs> but I'm behind, and I missed Mother, and I'm kind of pissed about it
0: <laughs> uh you well, that was because nobody went and saw it unfortunately. It's a great movie. I definitely recommend checking it out. You will be uh scarred, but um Ooh. uh scars are you know scars build characters, so um okay. There is a lot of movies that came out the previous weekend. We have Suburbicon, um, which I'm hoping to go see. Jigsaw. And I think there was one more that I cannot remember. Um, and, of course, there's still Geostorm. That's still playing, uh, possibly. Um, you know.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell you that that's the one movie I went to see in the past couple weeks. And it was great.
0: And sarcasm. <laughs>
1: oh, <No>, yes.
0: <laughs> that scared me for half a second. I was like, she's not.
1: <laughs> no. She's tell
0: telling the truth. I would not
1: waste my time or my money.
0: Well, with that, uh, there's not a whole lot, again, uh, to new coming out. There's plenty of stuff in theaters. Um, I've heard bad things about Snowman. I have not seen it. Um, I heard bad things about Geostorm. I have not seen it. Um, I even heard bad things about Medea, to be honest. Uh, not just from the normal critics but people who generally like the medea movies uh it's not getting the the reviews that it would normally get so it might just be that he's maybe he needs to retire the character who knows um he's got plenty of other movies uh, around that he doesn't need to do the medea thing anymore but um i understand that's how he built his empire though so maybe he doesn't want to just let it go but let it go oh no not frozen um (laughs)
1: I've never seen that movie. We've talked about that. Uh,
0: It's not horrible, but um, I mean, it's actually really good, but I I don't know if I could ever watch it again because it got just bombarded into our our zeitgeist. Uh, That's it for home releases and theatrical releases. So we're going to jump into our review of 1977's Eraserhead. Um, If you've never listened to the podcast before, uh, Corey and I like to pick movies um that either one of us haven't seen or both of us haven't seen. In this case Eraserhead is one neither of us has seen. Um we watch them and we don't talk to each other about the movies normally, although we had a little little exchange yesterday, so I think I might know where Cory's sitting with this movie, but I'll find out. Um but we we don't talk about it until we get on the podcast and uh we have our discussion. So we usually start with no spoilers. Um Eraserhead we were warned uh by our good friend and podcast buddy Mike Sanchez not to start with this for, for Lynch. Now, technically it's neither of our first Lynch film. However, it I am still I've only seen Firewalk with me, so I have a lot of ground not covered. Um I think Lost Highway, Mall and Drive, uh what is the blue velvet, is that his blue velvet. Um mm-hmm. Uh, dune which i don't know if dune usually falls into the the david lynch oeuvre because it's an adaptation not and not original yeah um but i know sanchez vouches for dune uh more than most people um and i i'm pretty sure i saw elephant man when i was a kid but i don't i don't remember much of it other than um i am not an animal you know which is a famous line that everybody knows so your head going in i was a little nervous I'd heard there were some very disturbing uh, visuals, and I was that was proven to be accurate. Um, I wasn't. I knew Lynch was weird. I I I like Twin Peaks. I I've read. I had to read like a huge Wikipedia to even start to understand what the crap happened in Firewalk with Me. I still think people are making stuff up. Like, because I'm like, how did you get that? How did you get any of that? From what he showed us. Like, I don't know. You're jumping huge conclusions that I don't see, you know, unless you've done, like, interviews with Lynch. And from what I've heard, he doesn't give a lot of information in his interviews. He's very cryptic. So, I like Twin Peaks. I've seen, I think the first two seasons, I have not seen the new stuff from Showtime. And I saw Firewalk with me. And now I've seen Eraserhead. That's all my David Lynch, um, other than hearing other film people talk about how great he is or how weird he is I mean there, there seems to be a consensus that he's brilliant but that doesn't mean you like it you know um, mm-hmm. and um, but I will say I appreciated a lot about this movie and I watched a, uh, the, a the Renegade Cut on YouTube of, I don't remember the actual channel name, but the he does a series called Renegade Cuts of various films. I usually like his analysis. He's very detailed. He's also, um, even when he's giving his own take on something, he's good to point out that there's other interpretations and things like that. And I, his interpretation definitely gave me some perspective to look back at the movie. And so while I was uncomfortable and at times miserable watching it, I definitely think that was the feeling that I was supposed to be getting from the movie. And thus, I think it was executed very, very well. Especially because I am uh, I am fairly certain this is Lynch's first film. And I'm going to confirm that while Corey says her yes. thoughts on uh, Eraserhead. It was hit.
1: his first film. He had a hard time getting it funded, actually. He was working on it for a long time before he actually was able to make it. Um, I also um, definitely did feel... It was very desolate. Um, I felt pretty. It felt like it was pretty hopeless. Um, but mostly, I had an overall, you know, overall feelings of confusion. I was very lost. I was like, what the heck? I think that this is a film that you need to watch once. Then you need to do some research, and also read the plot, and then watch it again. I feel like this is a two-viewing film.
0: I think probably all of his have that level um because he's not very surface level. he likes to keep things um unclear and things move and uh one of the things I found interesting about this film was that uh Lynch has not said as as again his he's notorious for um all he's said is that his interpretation of the film has never been stated in any way that he's ever heard, so no one has articulated what he took the film to mean but still pushes that there are multiple meanings. So that And I Oh, no, no, go ahead.
1: I appreciate that about him um that he doesn't it's kind of I feel like it's kind of like how I and you and a lot of people might view uh, reviews where um we don't want it to influence the way that we feel about it or how we see the film and I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he is very you know write well, about all th- of
0: it. I think he's definitely a, a true artist in that way. Um, you hear that with musicians too, that they won't tell you what the song's about or what they were thinking about when they wrote a song. And then there's other songs that are more commercial that they have no problem telling you why. It was like, well, I, I was at Starbucks oh. and someone hit my shoulder and smudged my shoe and I wrote this song. You know, as, there's that. And then there's the artists who have these deep songs that could be about anything and they want the listener to kind of make it mean what it means to you. And I mean, A lot of films do that outside of it, and they they can still have a commercial, traditional Hollywood-style plot and story. Lynch goes above and beyond, making it absurd and weird and um, unsettling, and uh, I I really did um, like a lot about the movie, though, but I I don't know what... I feel like everything's a spoiler in this movie um, because it's all not connected, and yet it's all connected, and so... I think we um, the most iconic thing about Eraserhead, which I don't, I don't know. It's a 1977 movie. I'm not even sure if spoilers matter, but um, there's a creepy baby in the movie.
1: Okay, let's be real. Should we give spoilers?
0: Let's do the spoiler warning, but um, just know. Oh yeah, you would just said that. Yeah, I mean, let's let's do it. Go ahead, and we'll we'll jump into it from there.
1: Okay, guys, we're gonna talk about Eraserhead, directed by David Lynch in some great detail if you don't want to be ruined go watch it and then come back and give us a listen otherwise full steam ahead
0: yeah because again it's it's from 1977 and i don't i don't know that there's anything we can say um <laughs>
1: because we probably have it all wrong anyway no i'm kidding
0: well i mean about the plot that's it's it's not a plot based movie in the traditional sense like there isn't a clearly defined <laughs> goal um it's more of a character study and it's not it's more of a study on dreams and that is an interpretation Again, from the Renegade cut. And I guess that's a spoiler um, because I didn't know that going in. I I knew no idea. I had no idea. I knew no idea. I had no idea of what this movie was going to be. Just that Mike warned us it was not an easy one to get through. And I think that comes with the baby um, because the characters in the film, both uh, Eraserhead, which is not he's never called Eraserhead. His name's Henry Spencer. Um, the The actor's name is Jack Nance, who you might know from Twin Peaks um lynch definitely uses him in a lot of his movies i think he's in most of his stuff um we have charlotte uh stewart who is also i believe in twin peaks um alan joseph uh, G- G- Gian?
1: oh my gosh i didn't realize Jean? that was jack nance
0: yeah i know right i when i, I was like i looked it up. i was like oh wow um Jean, it's probably gene bates uh judith roberts and that's kind of it. Everybody else in well, no, I got to say Laurel Near cuz she's the lady in the radiator, which was crazy and weird. Um so you have uh, Henry and Mary are um they had a baby out of wedlock but they're forced to get married. But the baby's deformed, and that's an understatement cuz it it is not recognizable <laughs> yeah. as a baby. <laughs>
1: the baby, I want to I want to okay, first of all, the baby was annoying as hell. Um squawking and crying and whatever it was doing but it looked like a monster horse baby it looked like it was part horse
0: it did have like a horse vibe to it um like almost seahorse esque uh given that it was like like it had like a long tendril rather than um than a body
1: gross um and that's enough to make anyone be celibate but (laughs) there's that
0: yeah, and, and uh, the crying baby, it doesn't stop crying, and then at some point it sounds like it's laughing at him, um, more so than it's crying, and it, it gets sick, which was so horrifying when it was sick with all the little, like, I guess it was like measles or something on it, like it had, you know, little bubbles, like chicken pox or something, um, mm-hmm. it was it was so gross, and it was gurgling, and it had, like, gunk oh. in its mouth. Um and- I-
1: Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Okay, so I'm skipping ahead a lot, but some of his visuals in this movie were super interesting. There's no other word. There's no better way, word for me to describe it with. Um, Like he, when he goes to dinner at their house and they're having like little baby chickens that are – I think they said they were man-made. They did say they, they
0: like, were man-made.
1: <laughs> they cut into them and they're just like oozing stuff. And I was like, why do I eat meat? Yeah. And then <laughs> I – and when the baby – there's a part with the baby, and I swear to gosh uh, that when this happens, I swear that those were grits. <laughs> they were, like, oh. oozing out of the baby. Oh,
0: no. I like grits. Don't say that. Um,
1: I, I do, too. I love grits. But
0: that's the, what it looked like. I mean, there's so many weird visuals in this movie. Now, the movie's black and white, which I love, um, and the oh. the look of it, like, the lighting in this so- film is so gorgeous.
1: And I didn't – I know this is dumb, but I didn't realize that it was made in 1977, and I don't know if they, like, restored the heck out of it because it it's Criterion that we both watched. Um, I think that's the only way it's available now. Sorry, guys. But um, it was so crisp and just – I don't know why when I think of 70s movies, I think, like, at least a little bit grainy and mm. – you
0: know yeah i i guess that's not untrue although like some of that is intentional um Mm -hmm. but like chinatown did have a little bit of a grainy quality to it um but not too much but then like texas chainsaw very grainy but I, i definitely think that was a choice um for the style of texas chainsaw but um yeah it's it's not grainy at all uh super crisp and there's some really cool like there's So many visuals. I mean, like, the name of the movie uh, is twofold, right? Like, it's his hair. His hair Mm -hmm. is tall and kind of flat like an eraser. But there's a part in the movie where his head pops off um, in a dream, (laughs) within a dream. It's very much an Inception-type thing in this movie. There's essentially, according to the Renegade Cut, the entire film is a dream. It's all like a nightmare. Um, And there's a lot of good logic behind that um which again i really came to appreciate all the more but um because the film opens with like an overlay of him sideways of um henry like sideways and you can see what looks like uh, a meteor or asteroid or but it's eventually revealed to be more of a planet as there is a house on that planet and in that house there is a creepy looking man <clears throat> who operates gears and then, like the horse baby looking thing comes out of his mouth, uh, Henry's mouth, and the guy pulls a gear, and then it falls into a puddle. It's a very weird way to start a movie. First of all, I was like, "Okay, I'm already, in, I'm already in over my head." I think from the from the first shot, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm already trying to figure out what he's doing, and uh, it doesn't get easier. Um, the scene at dinner is the closest thing that resembles like a normal scene from a, another movie um and it's definitely not normal but it's the closest thing cuz there's like you know dialogue and people have conversations although those conversations are erratic and crazy um and mary uh freaks out at one point and the mom has to like comb her hair i think to calm her down so weird and then the mom freaks out at dinner um and then at some point like she's asking about the baby but then she starts like kissing on henry's neck in a really creepy way and it, the whole the whole dinner thing it was super unnerving. Um, the dad, who was friendly to Henry, was also definitely crazy um, yelling something about plumbing. And then the, the man-made baby chickens, like, or mini chickens, <laughs> that then, uh, not only were they bleeding when they cut into it, but they were, like, pulsating, like the legs were moving. But yeah, it was very, uh, very not, none of it was fun in that way, but all hor- horrifying, so definitely meets the horror uh, genre very well. Um, but when his head pops off in one dream, it falls into the, I guess you could say the real world part of the movie, although even that's not our world. It's a weird, like scary nightmarish world and it crashes onto the pavement. A kid picks it up. Don't know why. Um, a homeless man also wanted it, but the kid was faster, uh, runs to a like pawn shop type place. Um, and he's taken to a back room where uh, a drill is put into this man's head Henry's head uh that's clearly you know not his head and uh, it extracts like a thin line which you're not sure what the heck's going on i i guess it's his brain it puts it in the machine and then you see all these pencils and that piece of Henry's brain is the erasers that are put on the pencils um and there you go so two twofold of the name eraser head I was a little surprised by that. Uh, what did you think of that whole thing? Yeah.
1: Why? Uh, every... Okay, we see so many times in this movie these creatures, and I don't even know how to explain them. Uh,
0: the uh, They look like... The tentacle worm creature thingies?
1: Yeah, they look like tendril. I don't know.
0: I Well, given his baby in this movie, I think they are fetuses um, or representative of fetuses. And there's a whole scene where Mary's back in his bed, which surprised me, like, because she had left and uh-huh. we never saw her come back and he was sleeping and then he was still sleeping and now she was next to him, pushing him off the bed, something every husband, I think, can relate to. And... Or at least Whatever. I can. Um, <laughs> and she starts, I guess, having these fetus-like things in the bed and he's like, grabbing one and throwing it against the wall and grabbing one and throwing it against You're the wall.
1: You're me of tadpoles.
0: Okay. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, but in the same really
1: vein. Long I don't know. It was disgusting. I just, I don't know.
0: Yo, a lot of, and those same type of creatures fall. There's a, uh, there's th- three or four scenes where he looks to the radiator and a light turns on in the radiator and we then zoom into a stage. The first time we just see an empty stage. Next time we Which, see a woman. Go ahead. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, He so a couple. So when we we were talking about the man that lives in the house on the planet, he kind of has that in the new Twin Peaks. Sorry, guys. Spoilers. Just a little bit. It's I don't know. Um and then like this where it's a stage and it's a woman on the stage, you see that in a couple of his movies too. And even in Twin Peaks the original, he's like yeah. there's always someone singing on a stage and we all know that he loves music and he listens to good music, guys, but I just I it, like you see these so these things like so often through his work, I guess. And
0: it's Yeah, stylistically it's it means something I, I don't know that I understand it. Um Yeah <laughs> but it's definitely one of his, uh, his quirks because I've only, again, seen Twin Peaks and this and immediately saw, like, that similarity. There were things – even um, the lobby to uh, Henry's apartment building. The, uh, the
1: zigzag floors? Yes,
0: the zigzag floors. Exactly. Yes. Um, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of Lynch in this movie, which is awesome because he already kind of had a style from the get-go, and that's not always mm-hmm. something a director is going to have on their their first feature. Um so it's interesting seeing it that you, there's stuff I recognize from Twin Peaks, and I'm sure if I watch some of his other stuff, um, I there was a part, um, I think when we were seeing the baby, and like the baby's crying and Mary's losing her mind. All I I wrote uh, a bad word. I was
1: losing my mind. Yeah,
0: I, well, and we're supposed to, without question, that's what he wants. Um, but I wrote f f effing horrifying. Um, <laughs> That's all I have on my notes because I was so, like, just, oh, my God, this is so creepy. Um And then, like, there was, like, in the itty-bitty box that he got from the mailbox that has, like, a, a maggot in it or a little version of the, the weird worm babies that we keep talking about.
1: Oh, why? Um,
0: but I, 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 I digress because we were talking about the stage. So the first time we see the woman, I don't think she does anything. We just see her and she maybe dances a little bit. But the, when she sings the uh, Heaven song, I don't remember exactly what her words were. I just know that there's something about Heaven. It was creepy. Like, it really... I was like, this is one of the most unnerving things. Like, Because she's smiling, yet there's this, there's a menace to it in my... Like, just because she's talking about, like, death and moving on, but in a pleasant way. Like, it's, again, it's not... It doesn't sound threatening, but it's also just like, okay, you're stomping on... Creepy worm baby things And singing a song about heaven Inside the radiator You know so like all of that context I'm just like this is unnerving Like I'm so uncomfortable Watching her sing this song And she's not a regular looking woman She's got like Like big orbs on the side of her face I don't know how to describe like It's almost like her cheeks separated And then drooped down You know what I'm talking about?
1: She looked like a moon
0: I she got a, I got a moon vibe. The moon vibe. face. Mm.
1: Yes, I, I definitely got um, that. Oh, I thought that that was very strange. But yeah, like the, uh, she's like saying in heaven everything is fine.
0: Yes, but it's it's yeah. Again, it's it's not threatening, but it's but it's yeah.
1: It's kind of like how Over the Rainbow is very creepy, but everyone loves it.
0: Sorry. Now, uh, the the part we got to talk about, he loses it and kills the baby. And he kills, this is where the grits come in, guys. Yeah, he kills the baby in a in a crazy way because he's cutting the bandages off of the baby, which like we the baby doesn't doesn't look it's like swaddled. a normal baby. Yeah, it's swaddled, but it doesn't look like it's got a full body. And given the and, imagery we've seen, it's a, mm-hmm. uh, we just I think I assumed it was. Uh, it's a worm baby A worm baby So while he's cutting the bandages The baby's freaking out And and it's apparent uh. that he's not cutting just bandages But um, I guess uh, And eventually we see it open up And like what I'm assuming is supposed to be It's heart um, And he does stab the heart And then there's a gruesome death scene That involves uh, It's kind of like that spray foam you know, I, I used to work at Lowe's Home improvement <laughs> And there's like that spray foam insulation that like you spray and it's the thin liquid. And then it just expands. Cause that's kind of what happens. Like, I mean, it does look like grit. So it's like just expanding on the desk. The baby's crying and there's blood spurtling and eventually it becomes a giant head. And like, I think that's all in his nightmare. It's, it's an awful, awful sequence. Um, absolutely horrifying. And the, the baby's been horrifying, but that at the end for sure, extra horrifying. Um, most of the movie for sure is, is just scary
1: i saw that this movie was uh you know categorized as body horror and i can see that
0: yeah um although unusual but it was horror.
1: hurting a lot yeah just, oh and wanting to throw up sorry
0: <laughs> yeah and again it's not a traditional plot so like we never really know what henry's wanting um it's not a love story uh you know he we get a vibe that him and mary had problems she had vanished we find out she vanished because he had got her pregnant um and now they have this monster baby they we don't see a wedding but we're told they got married but then she leaves she shows back up but then she's gone again he cheats on her with the neighbor who they have this weird like his bed has a pool of water in it that is very white I... and that's it's reminiscent of other scenes we've seen in the movie. Um this pool of water that looks similar to the puddle that at some point he looks out of his window. I mean, honestly, the, I'm sure there's dozens of interpretations of the film. I've only listened to the renegade cut on YouTube. I really liked his interpretation that this is all a nightmare. And it's essentially the idea that our, our brain has the ability to erase bad memories. Um, and that Henry suffered some type of tragedy, maybe a miscarriage. Maybe he had a woman get an abortion. And this is like a guilt ridden dream that we're witnessing, mm. but I don't have anything else to say necessarily uh do you want to discuss any other specifics?
1: i am just i let me see <laughs> um I, I I don't know what to say about this movie, and I feel like i Need more discussion, but I don't know on what in particular. And how does he get all the ladies?
0: (laughs) I mean, there's a uh, But
1: if it's his dream, if it's his dream or his Uh, nightmare, you know. Um, I was confused about the lady in the radiator.
0: Confused, um, with her role or
1: why does she live there?
0: Well, I mean, I'm assuming she's some type of entity. Like my my question that was never addressed. Um, underneath the radiator there's what appears to be like hair or something like growing underneath it um he looks at it a couple of times and then also on his dresser uh the same dresser that he has a drawer that has a giant pot full of water and then spare change um yeah yeah that, that's just there we don't that that has no meaning it doesn't get discussed again i'm sure it has meaning but it's not clear um as most of lynch's what I know of Lynch's work, it's it's very much left for us to decide what things mean. But there's a mound of something on it that looks similar to what's under the radiator, and I don't know if it's hair. Um, it it's just there. He doesn't. He looks at it twice. There's a close up of it at one point. Um, and I think a moving close up at that. And it it doesn't. It never is interacted with. It doesn't like take over the room. Cause that's why I thought maybe it was like a growth and it would slowly con- consume the room, or we would see Henry like ripping out his hair. And throwing it on the floor, and that's what that was, or something, and no, nothing. There is nothing to tell us that that has any significance other than it was there and it was. It looked out of place, so I noticed it. But that bugged me. I would love to have something on that. Um, and Henry's job, we're told, he's a printer, but he's on vacation. Like the whole movie, yeah. And none of that means nothing. There's no reason for us to know he's a printer that doesn't play. Except, I guess maybe because his brain can be used as an eraser, but okay, I don't yeah. think so. Um, so, and again, I'm. I don't think that that's bad necessarily. It's just Lynch makes these type of movies and I think you either are going to really like these because they make you think because there's no clear uh element they're definitely artistic the, the composition of the frames are all super impressive the uh the part where the guy blows the pencil the eraser shavings uh, um, away and they they are behind him like and it's just that's uh, it's the cover of the movie but seeing it like while it's moving and stuff it was it's an amazing shot and that's that's true of the whole film. Like the lighting is fantastic. It's got you know there's lots of lights and dark, so it's very highly contrasted um, scenes. And and I generally like shots like that, especially in a black and white movie because there's so much contrast, anyways. So there's a lot to love about this movie for sure. And I totally get why it's revered. It's very difficult to watch. It's um, it does I think require multiple viewings if you want to understand it. I would venture to say that there's a good chance after multiple viewings, you still won't understand it. Uh, You'll have your ideas, you'll have theories, and they will never be substantiated. They will never be verified. All you'll hope is that you find someone else on the planet who agrees with you to feel like you have some validation in your opinion. (laughs) Um, I I think the consensus seems to be that it's some type of a dream, but that seems to deviate from person to person after that. Again, I haven't read them just what I've heard in in passing in conversations but um I did the renegade cut did help me because um, once once you hear the perspective of it's a dream I dream. do think you accept everything to be erratic and crazy um and I do like surrealist stuff like I am a fan of Charlie Kaufman's work but his surrealist stuff is framed inside a traditional plot usually um but it's, you know, like Synecdoche, New York is very erratic and each scene is its own kind of thing and things lead to this. and
1: Aye, aye, aye.
0: And I really, but I really liked Synecdoche the second time around, especially. Um, Eraserhead, I really liked a lot about it. I definitely see why people love it. I don't think I love it, um, but I don't know that I'm. I haven't seen enough Lynch to say I'm not a Lynch guy. And it's not, again, I totally appreciate what he's doing. I just don't know if that's always going to work for me like I don't I do like story and I do like tradition. Some story. answers Yeah, I, I, yes I, I like him big I like an ambiguous idea I don't need to know everything um, but I do like to know I do like to know that the director or the writer in this case both um, has a goal for me to understand specific things and I don't know that Lynch does I think he kind of likes it to be um if nobody gets it, that's cool too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I like that or not. Um,
1: I, <laughs> I can respect it though, because yes. that's not really a thing you can usually do and have a 40 year career. And
0: that's why I'm going to say, um, for oh, my dang. rating, uh, it's definitely a must see film. I think any film person should check this movie out. Um, I do think you need to know going in that it is, it is detrimental, uh, it's going to mess with you. You are probably going to be frustrated, again, unless you are into avant-garde, because I definitely feel like this film falls into avant-garde more than any other of the genre types, um, or at least the word experimental being used, because he's doing stuff that I don't know many other people have ever done. Um, it's Lynch, right away, right out of the gate. This film screams David Lynch to me, and it's it's beautiful. It's uh, The cinematography is fantastic. The performances are great. I really thought uh, Jack Nance as Henry did a terrific job being this kind of nerdy, dumpy, in himself um, character that was really interesting. And yet, there's a level of sympathy to Damn. him.
1: Hmm. And I still can't believe that that's that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, which I like him on Twin Peaks, too, actually. He's one that right away I, I thought I was like, hey, he's not a bad guy. Um, but personally, um, I would say that while. I think it's an expertly made film and expertly crafted. I would probably say it falls more into like a decent watch for my personal like taste. Um, but I definitely see why it's held in such high regard. Unlike some of our other criterion watches, um, where I'm like, I don't get this. I don't understand why. Why This (laughs) this one I totally get, like I totally see it's, it's a,
1: it's beautiful. Even the sound.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, and I watched it with headphones on and Oh. oh my God. Um, I was like, can imagine the baby whale. my mind. Yeah, there were times where <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't even talk about the soundtrack. It's it's uh, not the soundtrack necessarily, but the sound in general, the sound design. Um, there is music. It's eerie and it's usually under understated. I from what I remember, there's a lot of white noise and like static, but it's, I don't think it's um, an accident. I don't think it's like a, an error. I think the white noise is there to make the un that puts you on edge. It's just unnerving through the whole film. Um. Yeah. So that's my my stance personally. Probably closer to a decent watch for my personal taste. Totally get why it's a must see though, and it's a film. Again, um, I think if you are trying to become more knowledgeable about the art of film, you have to dive into David Lynch. Um, he's he's done everything. His approach is very much the art the artist. The um, you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do, and you either like it I or do you don't. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I'm going with decent watch
0: for personal uh, taste or overall.
1: I feel like there on that, there are two separate ratings. If you're a film person must see film, but if you're the every man, then I would say decent decent watch. I don't feel like it's going to appeal to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. it did feel long to me and I think it was because of that crying monster it,
0: it's there's there's a level of torture to this movie I think, and i think yeah. that's by design um again and, and so
1: and i feel like i need to watch it again but i don't know when i'd be able to work myself up to it it's not as bad as requiem for a dream guys if we're gonna you know but it's pretty
0: i don't know well i think requiem is bleaker um oh like, uh, yeah because this this is very much like i don't know that you would you shouldn't see henry in yourself but Um, But
1: I feel like the movie is hopeless.
0: uh, Eraserhead?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't...
0: But it's once you frame it that it's Henry's mind... As a dream. Yeah, Yeah. it's hopeless to him. And it's like, well, okay. And yet, at the same time, it's not. It ends actually hopeful, right? It ends with uh, a fade to white. And there's um, overexposure happening when he's hugging the uh, the lady from the radiator. Um, So (laughs) it ends actually on a... Like, maybe there is a chance... um, to recover from whatever horror he's experienced again because while he's killed the baby I don't think the baby's real so more likely it's maybe he killed the baby yep. in you know um accidentally like maybe he him and Mary got into a fight maybe he pushed her she had a miscarriage so he killed the baby in that way he shouldn't have pushed her it's still wrong that's I'm not justifying that as much as I'm saying it's not the same as cutting open the baby's chest and stabbing it in the heart um, very, very different, right? Like it's one's Ugh. accidental, or, one's more murder.
1: Even what I think uh, it was mentioned earlier. I think about abortion. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and like, totally not trying to like whatever. But if this is a you know not very formed, you know not very far along fetus, you know what I mean? I could see. Mm-hmm. I could see that too.
0: Yeah, and and again, there's guilt there. Maybe she had the abortion without telling him. You know, maybe her parents made her have the abortion because. There is that indication. The chicken, when he cuts into it and it bleeds, um, you know. There's that idea that I mean, it, it's not blood, blood, but it's definitely like blood-like. Um, so that could be the indication there too. You know that they made Mary have an abortion. He's upset about it, uh, the regret that kind of thing, and that's why he looks so somber. I mean, there's dozens of things um, that you could interpret again, and that's that's why this film is great. It doesn't mean, it's definitely not something I would say is enjoying, like, it's not joyful to watch at all, um, and it's not supposed to be, I don't think, it's a horror movie, it's a, it's, it does exactly what a horror film should do, it it makes you have a physiological reaction, uh, you're, you're irritated, you're tense, you're freaked out, there's some gross elements to it, where I didn't, I didn't really have to look away, but I definitely was like, ugh, you know, like, oh, that's nasty, or the chicken bleeding, I was like, uh um, yeah, so I totally get it. Um, I ended up having to rent it on Amazon as well. Um, so uh, right now, we were we were both on board with Filmstruck, but right now we are very disappointed with Filmstruck because somehow or It another, didn't work for you either? No, no, it did not. Um, the subscription mm. process is glitchy at best. Um, when Corey first did it, it charged her twice, and then it was still charging, but then it was saying no subscription. So... Um,
1: but it showed when it, when we went to our account it, when it when I went to my account it showed that uh there it was the monthly with the Criterion mm-hmm. and then it was telling me that I had to subscribe to the Criterion part.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what's going on, Filmstruck. Uh, I like the the movie selection that you have, but something's not functioning properly with your software. Consider this a negative review. Get it fixed, and maybe we'll try again. Um, but for now we have we've canceled our subscriptions to filmstruck and we we just paid 3 bucks to rent it on amazon um it was great quality though i have to say so i'm happy with actually no i'm sorry i rented it on itunes um but oh, it, it was great
1: I, and you got criterion too is it uh, it was Only that the one?
0: image said criterion so i think so okay but, same um but it was you know 3 bucks and it was worth it um so that's our episode um, and we will be uh watching oh yeah good thing i actually remembered i didn't even think to look what we're watching next week but i already know and i'm excited about it for a lot of reasons um did, do you know what movie we're watching
1: no i'm pulling it up right now we
0: are going to be watching uh, ryan johnson's brick um from 2006 i want to say maybe 2008 um it is um joseph gordon levitt uh and it's uh <gasps> a coming of age film and it's it's a coming of age film that keeps popping up on lists it's 2005 I'm sorry um that keeps popping up on lists that I'm looking oh. at and I've been meaning to watch it um I've seen a couple of scenes from it on YouTube um even recently taught uh there's a chase sequence in it that's really pretty interesting and recently but hold uh, on go ahead
1: Lucas Haas is in this
0: too ah uh, yes I'm not really sure who that is um I like that kid I don't know I might like this kid um Oh, he's an in Inception and The Revenant. The Revenant. Oh, I like that. Um, Ryan Johnson, though. Do you know who that is? No. Well, you will, ma'am, because in less than two months, he has a movie coming out on December fourteenth. Well, technically December fifteenth. A little something you may have heard of called The Last Jedi. What? Yes, ma'am. This I didn't is... know. What? Um, one of the reasons why I've been wanting to watch this is. Uh, he, he is the director for Episode 9. He's also the director from uh, Looper, which I liked quite a bit, um, which also stars Jessica Gordon-Levitt. And uh, I'm hearing great things about The Last Jedi from the people who got to see it already. Um, he also directed The Brothers Bloom, which sounds familiar, but I don't know what that is. Oh, Adrian Brody's in it. Oh, and Rachel Weisz? I'm in. Mark Ruffalo? Totally in. Watching that movie. Um, but... Uh I have not seen Brick. I've heard great things. Um it's in my wheelhouse cuz I love coming of age stories and um there's supposed to be like a noir vibe to it I believe as well as um just Gordon Levitt's trying to solve like a uh, a crime like break up a high school crime ring or something. Um so I'm super stoked to finally watch it. Uh and- I saw good.
1: I saw Spice with Adrian Brody in it and I don't know if I'll ever be able to take him seriously again
0: oh see i did not see that movie but i saw um he's in a few uh wes anderson films yes he's at least in darjeeling i don't know if i'm wrong with a few but um yeah he's in grand Budapest. I, I like him in some stuff oh yeah he is in grand Budapest. but um i don't love adrian brody but i don't dislike him um but i am a rachel weiss fan so anytime she's in something i'm, I'm probably gonna watch it but Which is funny because I didn't realize that was the woman from The Mummy for a long time. I just loved her in The Lobster so much. And then I loved her in The Fountain. And when I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's in The Mummy. And then I started realizing how many films. She's the
1: Babe librarian, everyone.
0: Mm -hmm. And I've seen her in tons of other movies, too, and I just didn't realize it. But, yeah, I've become a huge Rachel Weiss fan. Um, So, Ryan Johnson's movie Brick will be our next episode. Uh, if you watch it and you want to s- send your thoughts on it, we might read them on our podcast. You can email us at contact at com. That's contact at Um You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at berkreviews and Corey.
1: At Corey, our star, two R's on the end.
0: See what we're doing, what we're watching, you know, even tweet at us, say what's up. Um, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends if you would rate Berk Reviews podcast on iTunes. Um, we do this one and top five movies under Berk Reviews podcast. Um, we are the founding members of the website. You can go to our website, burkreviews.com, read our reviews, uh, follow some of our other podcasts that we have as our Brick Reviews podcast family, The Rough Cut and Wild, uh, Wild Card Pod. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with our review of Brick. Corey, until next time, thanks for uh, giving me your, your time.
1: Thank you. Bye, guys.
0: Peace, everybody. This has been a Berk Reviews podcast, berkreviews.com.